Plan of Love Never Fails heard daily on Bible School Radio, 91.3 KDKR Decatur, Dallas-Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. So with the money markets paying what they are in, in interest, what does the advisor advise? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Welcome to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm your host, Bob Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, if you got a question for me, I want to invite you to go to the website at prudentmoney.com. And once you get to the website, there's a couple ways to get information. The first one is through what we've been doing for decades now is offering an email resource at the Ask Bob. You can just send us an email, get you an answer to your question and uh, take care of it that way. If it's something that is a little bit more in-depth, there's a little bit more information that just can't get done in a simple email, then let's let's schedule a time, a phone call, and my calendar's on the, uh, for, for that, uh, for those particular times, is on the website, and you can choose something that works for you, and we can get that scheduled. There's no cost, there's no obligations, there's no gotchas. It's just our way of, of rolling out resources. A lot of people take advantage of this, and as long as I've got time to do it, it uh, I enjoy doing it. It gives me an opportunity to, to really hear what's going on in your lives and what's important in your life. So that's off the website, www.prudentmoney.com. I was asked to comment a little bit about interest rates and the real estate markets because one of the things we've seen is real estate or interest rates starting to rebound now what what ends up happening they they fell for a period of time and as that happened that really got the real estate markets hopes up that hey we're we're on a good trend maybe the worst is over what you don't want to see in the real estate markets is is mortgage rates going back up, and I think the the kind of the critical line in the sign that was yesterday was a little bit over seven percent in the interest rates. What that does is that shuts people down and uh, puts them and uh, and to a point of waiting to kind of see what interest rates are going to do, and it's a confidence thing. The the in, the home buyer, we'll just say the home buyer as a good example, is in a situation where they expect some volatility, but at some point that in which they have confidence that it'll all end up in the right direction. But it's the point that they start to lose confidence that you have a real problem because they start to kind of settle in on second choices or maybe not to move or maybe not to buy, whatever whatever the situation is. So it ends up being a confidence game as you see the fluxu- fluctuation. So for instance, if they went from seven to seven and a half to eight percent, that would if I mean if you think that things are kind of at a standstill right now, they would really be drugged to a standstill. Uh, so it, it's, it's an interesting situation and an interesting situ- story of psychology is what it is. But uh, it's all about those mortgage rates coming down, which is driven by the interest rate in the bond market. 
I know that may not make sense, but that's the, what that's what's driving the uh, rates up and down. And of course, uh, you know, there's two kinds of buyers. There's one who's buying as an investment property. I was talking to somebody today, client earlier today, that they were saying, you know, there's just nothing out there to buy. We can buy it low enough to make money on it. And then there are, uh, what I'm also seeing is, inv- is investment in buyers buying properties like it was last year or the year before, where they still had all this price appreciation and they're paying top dollar for these properties, then they're putting big dollars in it, and now they're finding, oh, wait a minute, this may be a, a smaller profit period than I thought. I mean, a profit percentage that I can make than I thought. So there's a lot of dynamics going on. Of course, then there's the situation where you've got the home seller who's saying, well, I'm not budging because my home is worth this. You can look at the comps. You can look at the area. It's worth this. And then the the buyer saying to the seller, well, it's it's worth this. And it was worth that maybe when interest rates were lower. But now you're asking me to, to pay a mortgage payment, double my interest rate, double my mortgage payment. And uh, that's just not going to work in that from that standpoint. So you have a lot of things that stand still. So we'll see how this uh, how this plays out. It's it's an interesting situation for sure. Yesterday I talked a lot. I in fact I talked the entire show about money market accounts, high yielding money market accounts, and I talked about the uh, situation with bank savings accounts and the fact that you can get a four to five percent closer to 5% return as of this as of this of this uh, program date and uh, that high yield there's so many people who don't understand the difference between high yield money market accounts and savings accounts as just a recap yesterday the the high yield money market accounts you'll find at places like brokerage houses like Fidelity, Vanguard, Charles Schwab, those the, the the big ones. And you'll also find it at the smaller ones too. I don't really track this, so I wouldn't know what they're paying. But as of yesterday, I know the one at Fidelity, which is the one we use, is 4.97%. So close, it, was, it had been a little bit over 5%. It's fluctuated just a little bit, and it will fluctuate. And so, but know that that is what banks are losing money to is that because there's uh, so many restrictions, there's liquidity issues with getting, uh, with tying your money up at banks when there's really not. But one of the things I did point out, you've got to determine, I know that the Fidelity does not really have uh, restrictions at this time, but uh, Fidelity Retail may, and there's two sides of Fidelity, Fidelity re- Retail May when retality, uh, re, uh, then the advisor side, and that can change. But always, to, always ask those questions. What are my restrictions on opening an account? It could be that it has to have fifty thousand dollars. Could be that it has to be ten thousand dollars at least. It could be because you have to make a certain amount of transactions. All types of things that you could uh, con- could have to consider. 
and look at. So just keep that in mind as you determine your options. But just know there are other opportunities. So one of the things that uh, that I've been hearing a lot lately is I've been hearing that, well, why don't you put your money in bonds when bonds could make more sense than having cash? Now, i got to tell you that I personally, not here, I'm not here to give advice, I'm here to give, give logic to thinking, is that putting money into the bond market doesn't seem to me to be the best of bets for a couple of reasons. One, just because of the way prices work, which I'll talk about that. And two, because of what I think is going to happen. So let's start out with number one, how prices go up. If interest rates are going up, your bond prices are going down. If you are looking at interest rates and, hey, what I got is only an opinion. Your opinion may differ different than mine and you're you could be right I could be wrong only time will tell so I'm just giving you the basis of my opinion it makes no sense to me to put fresh money into a volatile interest rate environment where interest rates could continue to go up and prices on bonds and bond funds continue to go down that make much sense to me until we really see a retreat of interest rates downwards, and we see the uh, uh, we see the Federal Reserve Board actively, aggressively going after interest rates and bringing them down. Don't think we're going to see that happen, but I could be wrong. So it makes no sense to me to put money into into investments and commitment when you're getting five percent on your money. That's what just doesn't click. Of course, you, people, advisors are in the best in the the business to get money invested. Um, I personally don't think it makes sense to take money that's called your safe money and and you set money you want to keep safe, and safe is a relatively term, a relative term. As I said yesterday, you can lose money in a money market account. Of course, things would have to be falling apart at a major speed, and things in financial systems collapsing. But yeah, it could happen. So bear that in mind. So I don't want to, I don't want to come across as nothing has risk in money markets. Everything has risk. A bank with FDIC insurance has risk. You got to know that. And uh, one other takeaway yesterday that I want to make sure. Well, actually, let me get to that in a minute. Well, the here's the the recommendation of the day of of the moment that I see coming out of financial advisors' offices. That is, put your money in municipal bonds. Municipal, of course, this would only be for people who have, who have money that's in taxable accounts, not IRAs, not 401ks, but municipal bonds because you get a tax advantage to it that increases the, uh, the rate. I just don't think that – there's two answers to that. The first one is I just don't think that 
municipal bonds are paying enough on the on the rate side to make it make sense. And second, I don't think that I think that there's a lot of risk in the municipal bond markets along with the general bond market. Further, and I'll get to that in just a second uh, here, uh, just just a few minutes. Actually, I tell you what, we're heading up against a break. Stick around. I'll tell you what I don't like about the bond market and what I will like about the bond market. And we'll be right back. Hello, this is Bob Brooks. Proverbs 22.3 and Proverbs 27.12 are the exact same verse word for word. I call them the stewardship verses of risk. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. On the Prudent Money Radio Show, we teach about risk, how to identify it, how to figure it out, and what to do about it. We believe that to be a prudent steward, you have to be a good risk manager. Listen to the Prudent Money Radio Show on Bible School Radio 91.3. Prudent Money, home of the modern-day steward movement. God describes himself as a jealous God, meaning that our Creator desires an exclusive relationship of love and trust with his people. But sadly, we often choose other priorities. Friday on The Verdict, Pastor John Monroe reminds us of who God is and why he should be the center of our lives. Join us Friday on The Verdict. The Verdict, weekday mornings at 10.30, here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. We compartmentalize our faith, don't we? That's what we do on Sunday. The rest of the time we do other things. But that's not the way the early Christians lived. Their job was an add-on to their real ministry, which was to live for Christ. That's what I hope we can begin to see happen. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Everything You Need, next time on Turning Point. Weekday mornings at nine o'clock here on KDKR. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Listen, if you've got questions, I've got answers, or hopefully i got answers. Just go to the website, www.prudentmoney.com. Send a question into the Ask Bob section, and I will get you taken care of. If you have a more complex situation that uh, would take more than an email to answer, then I want you to do something different. I want you to go and schedule some time for a phone call. There's no cost. There's no gotchas. There's no surprises or anything like that. It's just a, one way to get information, and we're very, very committed to that. It's the ministry aspect of the program and what we can do to help you out. So we want to make sure that that's available to you. Just go check it out, and we'll get back to you. That's all at the website, www.prudentmoney.com. So if an advisor was telling me, Hey, you got a cash account earning 5%, no restrictions. Yeah, it can fluctuate, but for now and for the foreseeable future, it's going to earn 5%. I think I want you to move that money and move it into the bond market. Well, I would take a couple of steps back. Number one, why? what would be the, the intelligence behind moving money that from an account that's paying 5% and in a situation of great uncertainty like we're in today. What makes sense about that? And I'm not talking about take all your money and put it in the 5% money market. I'm saying the money that you want to keep safe. Why would you want, I give talk about two or three reasons why it's not a good idea. If it's money you want to keep safe, you don't want to, you don't want to put it into something that's going to create risk. 
And yes, and I think if you've been in bonds for the past two or three year, three years, you know that it does produce risk. There's definitely risk of loss. You want to keep the, your safe money in liquid assets, and it just so happens that liquid assets are paying four to five percent. Not a bad gig. Number two, I think that right now, if you look at where the big risk lies, and, and, and if I had to look at the stock market, and of course there's risk there, but I, I really don't believe that there is as much risk built up in the stock market as in the bond markets. That looks to me like a powder keg way, ready to, to, uh, to explode. And of course, if, the, if something happens to the bond market, not trying to be doom and gloom, I'm just saying, that's where I think the risk is. If something happens in the bond market, it's going to take the stock market with it more than likely. I can't imagine because that's going to mean higher interest rates. And I, I know that's, that's, that's all a lot of negativity. There's a good news to this. Number one, I think any potential crisis that we have in the bond market will be short-lived. I think it will clear out a lot of the toxicity of the bond markets. And I think it will create one of the greatest buying opportunities for bonds and stocks we've seen in a very long time. So there is a there is a good side to that. And I could even I could even even come to a point of recommending some of that cash being invested into bonds and maybe even stocks. That is money that you don't have to keep liquid. Money that you have to keep liquid, you want to keep liquid. But there will be, I believe, a really great opportunity to invest that money. So, closing up, uh, what we started talking about yesterday was that there's a huge difference between savings accounts and checking accounts at a bank and a money market account, high-yield money market account is called some places, and brokerage accounts in your Fidelity in your um, Vanguard, in your Charles Schwab, there's a huge difference. It could be as much as 5% difference in the two. So if, if you haven't checked into that, I would check into that because having money sitting in a checking account, unless there's a bigger purpose, and there could be, who am I to say? I'm just talking about interest, the obvious one then it makes sense to keep it where it is. But if not, then it, it uh, would make sense to do some investigation. Look for your restrictions. Look for your uh, uh, anything that has to happen to keep that 5%. And also make sure that you know that banks are struggling to keep money in their accounts because they can't just as readily offer a liquid 5% account like brokerage companies can. There's a big difference. Also, you need to know that the FDIC, and you don't, uh, don't take my word on it because I'm not trying to give advice on what's FDIC insured and what's SIPC insured. SIPC would apply to brokerage accounts which house money market accounts. And FDIC would, of course, uh, pertain to banks. And you need to understand the key differences, which would be a great conversation to have between your financial advisor as well as the, uh, as well as the, your banker. 
And what you're what you're really looking at on the FDIC versus SIPC is a bank going under or a brokerage big brokerage company going under. And that's up to a certain limit that's supposed to cover losses. Not because you put you put a thousand dollars in XYZ stock and you lost it, or you put money in Bitcoin and you lost it. Nothing like that. So just know that's out there. Get some investigation going. Look into it and see what makes sense because you could increase the amount of money that you're making. And it could be a, a pretty substantial amount that could, that could make a difference. Oh, also, one last insurance program is through the state of Texas. And they also insure annuity products. And uh, they actually discourage that in the insurance business for an advisor to, to talk about that because that's not a reason to invest in annuities. It's kind of backwards, if you ask me. If you're going to have it, why regulators have a problem with advisors talking about it, who knows? Don't understand a lot of that, but uh, that's the way that goes. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I had something I was going to talk about today or yesterday, and I never got to it. I think I'll talk a little bit about it in our last three or four minutes together and talk about some of the things that you might consider. been dealing with a lot of estates here as of late. An estate is someone passes away, they leave an estate to their beneficiaries, and it prompted me to want to do some uh, a program on it. So I'm going to do kind of a light uh, program on it because the question that I get is, should I set up just a will or should I set up a trust? And if you have, you know, a normal person, especially as kids, this is something that they definitely want to look into. Think of a will as a wish list that has to be approved by a judge to be carried out. So in other words, and I'm not an attorney, nor am I trying to play one on the radio, by the way. Say a person sits down and puts his last will or her, they put their last will in, te- in testament, testament down on paper, they sign it. Think of it as this is what we wish to happen. Now, it has to go through probate and a judge has to sign off on it before those wishes become reality. They could have an issue with those those riches. Those those wishes could be challenged easily by an outside family member, by a friend, by an entity, or whatever. Versus a trust, which stays private, and a and a will is very public, but a, a trust is is very private. It's the wishes are carried out as described in the document, word per word for word. And uh, it's a pretty ironclad way, in my opinion, to transfer assets from one generation to another. It can have a lot of benefits. If you have kids and you're leaving money to kids and you want that structured, I cannot imagine not doing that without a will. That's an absolute a must, in my opinion. I'm not giving it, I'm just giving that as overall 
in, in advice because I, I think that there it, it adds a level of instruction for kids that they just don't get in a will. So very, very, very important. Whereas a will is very public is very public and it's easy to challenge a will. Once again, not so easy to challenge a trust. Can be done, but uh, I think, and this is just speculation, that most attorneys would shy away from having to be put in that position. But through a trust, you can you can arrange for money to put into an investment account on their behalf, and you can also do things like arrange for that money not to go to them until. Uh, you know, a third at age 20, a third at 25, a third at at um, age 30. You could have it set up to where it, it takes care of their well-being, takes care of well, takes care of college costs, takes care of any expenses, a first car, anything like that. You have someone looking over and managing that for your behalf, making sure that your family is taken care of, like you would want. You really do that for the nuclear option, which I, when I, which I call losing both parents in a fatal turn of events and a tragic accident, and the kids are by themselves. That's when you want the, those trust papers drawn up, and you want to make sure that they're taken care of, and the people that you've uh, selected to take care of them, that they're included in that as well. So in my opinion, if you got kids, it, it just totally makes sense. Now, is there ways to make wills work with the, uh, with transferring things set in, put in place to transfer things at a, at a future event as such as a death? Absolutely. We will talk about that because I am all out of time. Hey, this is Bob Brooks. If you got a question for me, please go to the website at www.prudentfunny.com because we are all out of time. Till we meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3.